Amen, amen. So uh, this is a big deal. It's it's a big deal. We spent, um, this is week number six, talking about the importance of this. We're talking about the importance of this because, well, quite frankly, we're not very good at it. And, uh, and we've got to get better at it. We've got to get better at it because it's, it's literally number two on the list of things that we should be doing well. And uh, I'm not saying that we're doing number one well, by the way. Uh, but I'm saying number two needs to happen because there are people that need to know that God loves them. And so this morning, we're going to close our series uh, by, by turning, maybe you think it's an interesting place. I, I, I thought it was a little unique place to end, um, but it is, uh, it is a letter that Paul writes to the church in Ephesus. And uh, he's going to write this letter to a group of, of people that have been changed because of what Jesus has done. That's us, right? And, uh, and he's going to write them this letter, and he's going to implore them now because of what Christ has done for them to change their life, to change their behavior, and it involves this second greatest command. Uh, It involves loving their neighbor. Um, I'm in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24 and 25 on the screen. It says, put on the new self, the one created according to God's likeness in the righteousness and purity of the truth. Therefore, putting away lying, speak the truth, each one to his neighbor, because we are members of one another. Right? Each one speak the truth to his neighbor because we are members of one another. And so uh, what Paul's writing, guys, this is, this is of course part of, of a bigger exhortation. Paul is encouraging the Christians in Ephesus because of what Jesus has done to change the way that they live. And so uh, if you go back to the beginning of the he makes this great case for who Christ is. And then he basically uh, says, like, listen, and this is who you were. Um, you were dead in your sins and transgressions. You were far away from God. You were excluded from citizenships and, and citizenship in Israel and, and, and the promises of the covenant. You had no access to any of those things. But listen to this. Now, in Christ, you've been made alive. You've been raised up. You've been seated with Him in the heavenly realms. Um, not only are you citizens of the kingdom of heaven, but you are now members of God's household because you've been brought near and, and the wall of hostility has been established because Christ himself has become our peace and then Paul says now listen when you hit Ephesians 4 he says now because of all that make choices to live differently and and he gives this whole list of things that you have to put off and things that you should put on Uh, and it's interesting the very first thing on his list he says man you've got to put off lying and you've got to start speaking the truth each one to his what to his neighbor it's really important evidently as, as, as people that are, 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 have been made new by Jesus to be truthful with the people in our community, with our neighbors. And so that's what I want to talk to you about this morning as we close out our series. Three things, and, and here's the first. I just want you to know that kind of this is the, the theme of the morning, that a huge part of loving our neighbor involves learning to consistently and tenderly speak truth to them. Let me say that again. A huge part of loving our neighbor involves learning to consistently and tenderly speak truth to them. And uh, again, this is number one on the list, right? Number one on the list, change behavior, speak truth to your neighbor, which kind of for me, like, like I, I have questions, like inquiring minds want to know, well, what does he mean by that, right? What does he mean by that? And in today's world, I think it's even more important than just to ask what does it mean to uh, speak truth to your neighbor. Maybe it's more importantly just to find what is truth right? What is truth? And so I think the easiest thing to do when you're asking yourself, well, what is truth? Is to kind of define what truth isn't. Because our, our world today says that, that a lot of things are true. And so I just want to dispel some of those myths out there. Let me tell you what truth 
is, is not. Okay, so four things. I'm going to read it, and then, and then we'll, 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 we won't be full screen. But, but four things truth is not. Uh, truth is not simply whatever works. That's called pragmatism. Pragmatism is that the ends justify the means, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's truth. Number two, uh, truth is, is not um, whatever a group agrees on. Right? It's not simply whatever a group uh, agrees on. That, that's not the case. Uh, just because a majority of people say, yep, yep, that's, that's, that's what we're going to go with, that doesn't necessarily mean that that's true. It just means that most people believe that. Right? Uh, truth is also not simply based on feelings, nor, uh, number four, is it solely based on experience or observation. So I just kind of want to break that down for you uh, first and foremost. So, so this thought that the ends justify the means is a terrible philosophy for life. Terrible, Right? Uh, because, like, listen, if, if you haven't seen that in church culture and political climate and all the destruction that's done when, when, when you know, people say, hey, this is what we believe and we're people with high morals, uh, but no matter what, the ends justify the means. We, we'll just ignore all things. We're going to do this. Like, like, it has horrible consequence on, on what people think about the church and think about Christians. And, like, when we get our priorities out of order, man, uh, the world watches and they see it and they go, man, they, they don't, they're, they're not really all these things. They just want win. They just want to win. And when we become those people, man, it does great. So, so listen, what I'm telling to you, telling you this morning is, is that pragmatism, that thought, well, the ends justify the means. Just because it works doesn't mean it's right. Amen? Right? Just because it works, just because you win, does, doesn't mean that that's truth. And, 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 and listen, it's, it's super easy. I mean, come on. Uh, this happens all the time. People cheat, right? Yeah, people cheat, right? People lie, right? And, and, and what happens when they cheat and they lie, a lot of times they, quote-unquote, win, don't they? Right? But is that truth? The answer is no. No. Because a lie can sway people. Right? But that doesn't necessarily make it true. So what I'm telling you is a lot of times we have this thought in our minds. We think, well, look, it worked. But, but look, this happened and that happened and that happened. But yeah, but that doesn't mean that that was truth. It doesn't mean that that was based on truth. Because that's, truth isn't pragmatism. It's not. All right. The second thing, truth, truth is not whatever a group uh, agrees on. Uh, I promise you, today, you can go on Facebook and find you a group of people that agree with everything that you uh, believe in a spouse. You can go to YouTube and there will be a channel, and, and just because that Facebook group or that YouTube channel has millions of followers doesn't mean that what they're spewing is truth, right? And in fact, uh, we live in a clickbait culture. Right? That means that the more clicks, the more likes, the more subscriptions I get, the more money I make. And so there are people, I'm going to shock you here, there are people out there that have done all kinds of statistical research to figure out what you believe, and they figure out what you believe and what your fears are, and they prey upon those fears and create media content so that you'll be driven to their channel so that they can be monetized by YouTube and make lots of money. And they're millionaires because they're out there spewing your greatest fears. Okay? That doesn't mean that those things are true. Doesn't mean that those things are true. Just because a lot of people buy in doesn't mean that it's necessarily true. Right? Truth also isn't based on feelings or, or even experience. It's very popular today in our culture. Uh, you probably hear this when you turn on the news. You, every day it seems like a new celebrity is saying, well, I've just got to speak my truth. I've got to speak my truth. Right? And so what they're saying is, is, is here's what I feel. This is, this is how I uh, have interpreted. Now, now listen, when, when somebody says, speak my truth, and something happens, that the event that happened to them is true. Now, how they interpret that event, and it changes the way they view life, that's, that's not truth, that's testimony. 
That's testimony. That's not truth. And, and, and so we, this is happening all over our culture. Somebody says, well, I feel this way, therefore this must be true. No, no, we, we feel things all the time. We, we know as Christians the heart's deceitful above all else and beyond cure. I've been really, uh, you know, straight up with you guys. Like there's been seasons in life. I, I think we've all gone through. I, I went through a, a season where I had some health conditions. I had to take some anti-anxiety medication. It really worked for the physical thing I was dealing with. But after a time, man, I, I went the opposite way. I got depressed. I hadn't dealt with the loss of my father well. I'd never um, kind of ex- allowed myself to grieve. And, I, and I, I just woke up one day thinking about swerving into oncoming traffic. This is where I was. Now, did I really want to do that? No, that wasn't true. It's just, just a dumb feeling because I, had, I hadn't emotionally walked through my grief. I hadn't allowed myself to hurt or to cry. Or, I just woke up super sad. I had to go to the doctor and go, hey, hey, listen. So here's the truth. The truth was I hadn't allowed myself to grieve. And I, I'd, I'd been on medication, right, that had changed my brain chemistry. And I was sad. And I had to get off that medication. I had to change it. Like, like, that was the truth. See, how you feel, even your experience, that, that doesn't even, that, that doesn't, that, that, how you interpret that, that's your testimony. That's not necessarily a greater uh, truth. So what is truth? Well, here's, as, as Christians, here's what we believe. Jesus says this in John 14, 6. He says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and no one comes to the Father except by me. Now, what that means when Jesus says, I am the truth, listen to me, that means that what Jesus says is true. That what Jesus did, the way that he treated others, what, what he did on the cross for our sake, that that is true. That, uh, that what he revealed to us about God and about ourselves, that that's true. So guys, that's what truth is. And, and, and we are called to reflect that truth, the truth of Jesus and, and what he said, what he's done, what he has shown us about God and about ourselves. We're called to reflect that truth to a watching world and specifically, we're called to speak that truth to them in love, right? In love. Ephesians 4.15 drops a principle. I just highlighted the principle, uh, speaking the truth in love. And that's the call for every single one of us, guys. We are called to speak the truth that Jesus is the way, right? That, that, that what he says is right, um, that what he lived was right, that what he revealed about God and about our Yes, our wicked hearts is right. And we're called to speak that to people and do it in a loving fashion. So first point is just a huge part of loving our neighbor involves learning to consistently and tenderly speak the truth to them. Second thing I want you to see, though, this morning is that we need to speak the truth uh, to our neighbors about ourselves so they can see our imperfections and have an opportunity to love us. Let me say that again. We need to speak the truth uh, to our neighbors about ourselves so they can see our imperfections and have an opportunity to love us. So um, we live in a culture, and, and, and this, uh, we like to blame this on social media. This was there long before social media. This, this was there back in the 50s and the 60s. I, I mean, it, it's always been around. We, we live in, in such a way, we try to only show others the best sides of ourselves, Right? Uh, and so it's just even more prevalent now with social media, and, and we've got these phones, uh, and all these apps have filters now. Uh, they can filter out imperfections and, uh, and make you look better, and so uh, we, we, don't, we don't just take one picture. And, like it used to be, uh, I, have, I have a closet filled with pictures, uh, many of them my grandmother took. 
Okay, uh, I, I don't know about you. Maybe, maybe you're, you're, you, you could be that grandmother. Uh, you, you could, you could maybe, maybe you had someone in your life. But my grandma used to walk around and just take pictures, and she would give you every picture she took. Uh, right? There was no filtration process. It wasn't what was good, what was not good. I have, I have so many pictures of me going, mm, like just some weird, fa- I'm, I'm, I'm very expressional, and so I just have all these mm, weird photos of me sticking out my tongue, or like, uh, like you're in mid-sentence, and somebody takes a snap. Like, that's not cool, Grandma. Let's, let's pose, let's smile. Um, and, and so uh, we wouldn't do that today. We don't do that today. So we take a picture on our phone. We go, nope, your eyes are closed. Nope, your mouth is open. Nope, let's take it again. Let's do it again. Let's go. Take, take, take. And then... And then what we post, and we might even add a filter to that, so we show people only the best part of our lives. And what I'm saying to you is that's not new. We've been doing that forever. Forever. We have a tendency to only show people the good stuff. And here is the danger in that. When you don't ever speak the truth to someone else about your own situation, as a Christian, they see you, they know that you go to church, they know that you're a believer, and, and they see you from the outside perspective, and you've only showed them, oh, look, we're so great, our marriage is great, our life is great, God is great, I have it all together. And they begin to think, man, like that thing that they have, that's unattainable for me. That's unattainable for me. I'm, there's no way I could get there. There's no way that we could get there. I couldn't, I couldn't do that. And so they, listen, if, if Jesus is unattainable for somebody, then we've shown them the wrong Jesus because Jesus was a friend to sinners. Right? So, so if, every, if, if anyone ever thinks of us that we have it all together, then we've shown them the wrong thing. Because what we're supposed to show them is, listen, I don't have it all together. Church is not a place for perfect people. It's actually a hospital for broken people. And if you think I have it all together, it's because on a regular basis, I submit myself to God. I bring my brokenness to Him. And every week, He gathers me back up so I can make it through the next few days. Right? That's what we should be showing. But I, I, guys, I just, I'm telling you, the mo- most of us are not comfortable on that level showing people our struggles. And so they think that God's unattainable. That's the first thing that happens when we're not honest with other, when we don't speak the truth to others about our own lives. The second thing that happens when we don't speak the truth to others about our own lives and they don't know that, that we're sinners or that we struggle, uh, they, they get this, uh, this thought that we're perfect and then when they see us fail, and they will because we, we're sinners, they immediately cry hypocrisy. You see those hypocrites? Right? We, we've never loved them. We've never really built a great relationship with them. We've never shown them our hurts, our, our, our struggles, our failures. And so when, when we do fall, they go, ah, ha, ha, see, they're no better than me. I'm good. I can just keep living the way I am. So it's hypocrisy. But here's the third thing that I think is really dangerous about not sharing the truth about, about your struggles with your neighbor is if they never see your hurts or your needs, they can never love you. We actually prevent them from doing the second most important thing in life they could do, which is loving us well. Right? And we are the stumbling block there. Because we make them think we have no need. Man, I'm perfect. I have it all together. I don't struggle. And so they can't love us well. I don't know about you. I, I don't want to do that for people. I don't want people to ever think that I have it all together and that therefore, you know, uh, this whole Christianity thing is, is undoable. I, I definitely don't want them to, to see me and go hypocrite. But I really don't want them to struggle figuring out how they can love me because they think I, there, there's no room in my life, right? And so that, that's the second thing I want you to understand. We need to speak the truth to our neighbors about ourselves so they can see our imperfections and have an opportunity to love us. And that brings me to the third thing, guys. We need to speak the truth to our neighbors about God and their need for Christ, all right? We need to speak the truth to our neighbors about God and their need 
for Christ. So I'm, I'm going to put this another way. Uh, and, uh, and so Franklin helped me with this. Um, th- these are my words, but I thought it would be a little haughty to, to put my own name attached to it. So, um, so we, but but you know, evidently I'm not humble enough to not tell you they're my words. So uh, here they are in other words uh, is how we titled this slide. And uh, let me just read this to you. What I'm, what I'm saying ultimately, guys, is we need to be people that consistently perpetuate truth not lies or opinions. Let me say that again. We need to be people that consistently, consistently perpetuate truth, not lies or opinions, right? Not lies or opinions. And, and, and the reason for that, guys, is that our primary job is to tell people about Jesus. Like that's, that's why you're here still. That's why you have breath in your lungs. Like you're still alive so that you can tell other people that Jesus is the way, the truth, and life, and that no one comes to the Father except by Him. Like that is why we exist. That is our primary reason. In fact, Paul says this in Romans chapter 10. He says, how then can they call on Him they have not believed in? And how can they believe without what? Without hearing about Him. And so our primary job is to tell other people about Jesus but I want you to understand this. They're never going to hear our message clearly. They're never going to hear our message clearly if, if what we say about Jesus is also muddied down with things that aren't truth. You following me? See, in those moments that we, we kind of get up the courage to finally do what we're created to do, which is tell people about Jesus, most of the time we've already so muddied the waters with other things that aren't truth, that then people look at us and go, I, I, I don't know what to believe. I don't know whether or not I should listen. See, when we, when we do that, when we're constantly saying what we shouldn't be saying, we cause others to tune out the truth when we eventually say what we should. Right? James puts it this way. He says, uh, blessing and cursing come out of the same mouth. My brothers and sisters, these things should not be this way. Right? What I'm going to submit to you this morning is not only should blessing and cursing not come out of the same mouth, but truth and lies should not come out of the same mouth. It should not be. Truth and conspiracy theories shouldn't come out of the same mouth. Truth and deep-seated political passionate opinions shouldn't come out of the same mouth, not with the same measure of conviction and passion that what we say about Jesus does. And guys, that's where I think we're losing it. Just going to be honest with you. That's where I think we're losing. Do you know that people are looking at the church in America and they're saying that the church has become nothing more than a bunch of Christian nationalists? That's what they're saying. That's it. They're saying the church is just one big political uh, agenda and hand. We need to repent of that. We need to get our priorities right. We need to start guarding our mouth to make sure that the only thing we're willing to speak on a consistent, loud, passionate basis is the truth. And who is the truth? Jesus Christ. Otherwise, they're not going to listen. And, and I'll just tell you, I mean, I can tell you from a church perspective, they're not. They're not. Okay? So, what, what do we do? If we... If we've, Anybody else hear that and go, I've got a long way to go? Right? Okay? I like the crickets this morning. Just Right? Just crickets. Amens aren't here. That's okay. Used to it. So here's what I think we do. Three things really quick. Number one, um, the challenge is just simply to put away all falsehood. Put away all falsehood. 
all. Right? Okay, go back to that, that slide I gave you. Truth is not, right? Truth is not pragmatism. I mean, that's not, that's not it. Truth is not ends justify the means. Proof, uh, truth is not just because a bunch of people say so, that I belong to a group, or I found a, yeah, like that, that's, that's not truth. Truth is not even um, just experience or feeling, right? So truth is not, what is truth? Jesus is the truth. Okay? So I've got to put away all falsehood. That means I've got to measure things with a new uh, uh, sense of urgency in my life. What am I taking in? What am I, what am I spewing out? Right? What do people hear me talk about the most? You need to write that question down. What do, what do people hear me talk about the most? What do they hear me talk about second most? Right? There, there shouldn't even be a close second. All right? Number two, we have to embrace authenticity with our neighbor. And this is hard. Embrace authenticity with our neighbor. No more just showing them our, our best side. Loving them enough to show them that we struggle, that we hurt. And listen, I know that's uncomfortable. Uh, my wife and I uh, had, had uh, started dating, and, and um, um, I, I, had, I had taught a couple times. And, and, uh, and then really after I got saved, I was like, man, I want to go into the ministry. And I remember um, very early on, I started preaching. And she just pulled me aside and said, you can't do that. And I said, what are you talking about? She said, you can't say the things you say from the pulpit. Like, people are not used to hearing somebody say, like, hey, I struggle or I sin. or I, Like, they, they have an expectation. And I said, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't do that. I can't stand before a bunch of people and like act like I've, I've, I've arrived and I have it all together because, man, I, I, I don't. If it weren't for the grace of Jesus, I'd, I'd fall on my face like every single second. And, uh, and so I, I'm, just, I'm just not going to do that. And I, I know in, in church, it makes some people uncomfortable. Some of you may, like, you just heard what I said a second ago. You're like, oh, it makes me uncomfortable. I'm, I, I'm sorry if that's the case, but, man, I, I, I just, I, I don't have it all together. Man, there, there are days that I, I wake up and I, I, I'm like you, man. I just wake up and it is, it is a struggle to put one foot in front of the other to believe that, that God is going to heal, to believe that God is going to change, to believe that God is going to intervene. Like, like, like we have, we share that. And people need to know that, right? I, I've, I've sat under too many people. I've heard too many people in this church come to me and say, Pastor, I, this is new for me. I grew up and that guy that was up there that was talking, I mean, it, it just seemed like something I could never attain. And then later, blah, blah, blah happened. And I lost faith. Okay? So we have to be a people that embrace authenticity. No mask. No mask. Like, hey, here's, here's, what, I, here's what I struggle with. Here's, here's, uh, here's the truth. And so we, we, that's, that's our approach here. Uh, that's my approach in ministry. I, I pray that you will embrace that. Uh, third is we have to consistently share the goodness of God found in Christ. It's just got to be what we become about. Guys, if... Um, Right now, if your Christian life is about anything short of that, then I want to challenge you to really think hard about what you're doing. Okay? Really think hard about what you're doing. We exist to pursue God passionately, to know Him personally, and to tell other people about Him. That's what we exist for. Loving people means showing them uh, who God is, but also showing them who we are so that they understand we need God desperately. So that they go, you know what, if you need God desperately, I probably need God desperately too. That's it. That's it. So I'm going to pray for us, uh, and then I'm going to have Miss Catherine come up and give us a couple important announcements. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for your word, man. It challenges me, God. It challenges me to the core of who I am to go, am I truly doing this? Am I speaking the truth consistently, lovingly, without adding a bunch of other junk 
is that what I'm about? God, um, I'm going to pray for my brothers and sisters that hear uh, my voice right now because we live in a world that is trying to get us caught up in a whole lot of stuff that doesn't matter. And, and we've become mouthpieces for that stuff, God, whether it's uh, you know, politics, nationalism, uh, just news cycle. And, and, and we talk so much about things that don't rise to this level of importance. Would you help us this week to sift through all that, to be very honest with ourselves about who we are and what we talk about so that we could see that either the damage that we're doing or the blessing that we're bringing. God, help us be more like you. Help us love our neighbors well. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.